Welcome to Steep Magazine Adventures. From high-performance yachts to five-star eco-lodges on private islands, this podcast covers the destinations, gear, and lodging of prestige adventure travel. I'm your host, Greg Robbins, taking you on another world-class adventure. Hey, Craig. Uh, it's really nice to have you here and a real pleasure. I'm, I'm glad you could join us. Yes, nice to be here. Craig, tell me, how did you get started in this business? First time I really ever did any heli skiing was in Squaw, somewhere in the 80s. And then I was uh, on Everest trying to ski it from the summit. It was my third attempt, three years in a row. And I was just thinking, well... I had a helicopter. I could ski all these runs after breakfast, have lunch, and go and ski all those runs. And now I'm going to sit here for the next two months again for the third time, trying to just get one run in. Let's sort of fast forward to uh, today where you've got some pretty interesting destinations. I mean, obviously, Nepal, Kathmandu are very, uh, sound like magical places. Um, Tell us a bit about those destinations first. Uh, We're operating in Tierra del Fuego in Chile, down in Puerto Williams, which is basically the bottom of the world. It's the last stop before Antarctica. And it's along the Beagle Channel. And it's just, it's the polar twin, polar opposite twin of southeast Alaska. It's, you know, you have the glaciers going down into the sea, except in this area, there's penguins. And right across from where we're at is uh, Ushuaia and Cerro Castor, which is Argentina. And the Cerro Castor ski area is the ski area where a lot of the European Alpine teams train in the winter. The French team's been there for the last eight, you know, 10 years now. So they're not going in a place where it doesn't snow. And the season's a bit longer than the areas up north in the Portillo and La Parve region. And, and can you describe, um, you know, obviously you've got some beautiful resorts that you that you put your guests into. Can you describe to me perhaps one of the finer uh, destinations and the resorts that, that um, you pair up with the heli-ski operation and, and the adventure on the mountains? In Nepal, we stay at a really nice resort in Kathmandu. Mm-hmm. It's out of the city a bit, which is nice because Kathmandu is pretty noisy and smoggy. It's up on a hill, and it's a beautiful 18-hole golf course, and it's quiet. I mean, you don't you don't know Kathmandu is out there uh, five minutes driving. And it's, it's really, really nice. It's beautiful up there. Yeah, there's a lot of monkeys, spotted deer. It's And out in the forest, there are some, a few leopards, but they're not bothering the people. And in poker, we're in another resort. It's along the lake. There's a really nice lake in Pokhara, Lake Fiwa. Yeah. And this whole area has just got beautiful views of the entire Annapurna range. It's it's really nice spot. At 780 meters, we get up in the morning really early. We're flying by 6.15, 6.30 because we have to start early in, in the morning. Our days are uh, cut short by the incoming cumulus cloud buildup, which... Normally, it's between 11 and 12, but the good thing about it is 
we'll have thunder showers that afternoon and evening. We'll go back the next morning, we have boot top, knee deep, fresh powder and blue skies. It's, it's almost like having a powder making machine. It sounds terrible. Yeah. So we're still skiing. We're skiing the same amount. We're skiing from 7 till 11 or 12. And then we go back to Pokhara. Everybody has lunch and can, can see some of Nepal. The rest of the day, they can go boating. They're out on the lake, mountain biking, swimming. They can rent these old infill motorcycles and cruise all over the country out in there, uh, paragliding. It's there's a lot of things. There's the world's one of the world's hardest golf courses right there. Another, I think it's like 16 holes. It's just unreal. It's, it starts on top of this big, huge gorge, kind of like a, a Grand Canyon type thing, and it just goes down to these uh, shelves all the way down until you get to the river at the bottom and then you're shooting across the river and going back and forth and there's a little island out in one spot there's tennis courts clay courts uh, the town the village itself is one of the nicest villages in nepal and right along the lake is just filled with uh, really good restaurants and bars all over nice colorful shops with full of nepali tibetan goods it's it's a lively village or town and in the evening there's a lot of really good bands when you're walking by you would think it was the stones or any of the the great rock and roll groups sounds it's, like a, sounds like a great way to to end the uh a hard day of skiing you're up there skiing between 5200 and 200 meters down to 3700 which is a 15 minute flight from pokra into the mountain range in that upper region and on the way out it's 12 minutes a little bit faster you go from this right in the heart of the Annapurna to this full tropical region. It's just, you know, there's elephants every now and then. There's banana trees, monkeys, and a couple, you know, maybe five minutes further from there is a full-on jungle. That's what the flying with the helicopter. And this is Bengal tigers, leopards, rhinoceros, alligators, crocodiles. I mean, it's a full-on jungle. I mean, wild elephant. This whole thing is just, you know... 20-minute flight from the heart of the Himalayas. It's, it's, heli skiing in Nepal is not just heli skiing. It's a full-on adventure. I mean, just going to Nepal by itself is a really great trip. It's something that you'll remember all your life. Going there and getting to ski on top of it is it's just something that you only dream about. But it's a reality. We've been doing it. This is our 13th year. I do want to chat a little bit about Chile and Greece, especially Greece. Greece is like uh, California in that regard. It's a very mountainous country. Mount Olympus rises 10,000 feet straight up from the Aegean Sea. I mean, straight up from the Aegean Sea. And it has 52 summits. It snows at sea level there from time to time. It was just snowing at sea level there a few days ago. A 10,000-foot vertical rise is a Himalayan-scale peak. And Everest is like that. Mont Blanc is like that. It's a big mountain. And then about a 20-minute flight from there is the Pindus Mountain Range. It's 40 kilometers wide, 160 kilometers long of just perfect mountains as far as you can see, just loaded with snow. And this place gets snow from the north, which is what hits the Alps. And they get this, these storms from northern Africa that come across through there. 
and then they get the storms that come in from the caucus. Uh, so it's getting hit three different times. When we were out there this one time, we had a two-meter base, went back to Chamonix, where it was minus 40 for the next three weeks. And in that time, it snowed three meters in Greece. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. And nobody understands it. There's about 15 little small ski areas in this country. They're just tiny. But I can tell you right now, Olympus could be one of the biggest ski areas in Europe if they wanted to try and develop the place. It's huge. And it's probably one of the friendliest heli ski areas I've ever seen in my life because the drops are so, they're perfect. They're so easy. And you can get in so many runs, much more than you can almost anywhere I've ever been. We made uh, 13 runs in an hour and a half one time, and people couldn't ski anymore. It was just so much. We're just going up and down and up and down and up and down. Uh, you were saying really nice drops. So would this be good for, let's say, uh, an intermediate type skier or, or an advanced uh, this this Mount Olympus? Uh, well, there's a little bit for everybody. There's some stuff that even the boys that think they're good hardcore skiers, if they got on their legs, would be shaken. And then there's a huge amount of moderate terrain that is... Um, perfect for uh just skiing right and there's nothing nothing that if you fell you would continue going and i think once everybody sees what's there it'll probably end up being one of the most sought after ski destinations just because it's so unique okay let's let's go over to chile uh, quickly tell me a little bit more about Chile and the same sort of thing, uh, terrain, um, maybe even some of the accommodations as well. Uh, the terrain in Chile is pretty wide open. And like Greece, none of this stuff that we're skiing has ever been skied before. And one of the reasons why is because you have thick brush and forests. Uh, it's like Alaska from the shoreline up for the first three, four, five hundred feet, right? So you couldn't even go get up through there. Uh, the only real access is <laughs> how we're doing it with helicopters. And it's really cool. It's, you're just around all these fjords. And then there's the Darwin Cordillera, Cordillera in this region, and it's just massive. The, the place is unbelievable. Big glaciers all over and pretty good peaks. And it's a really, really scenic area. And it's a really special area. It's you know you're down there, down at the bottom of the world when you're in this place. Mm-hmm. It's, there's not much down there. It's pretty pretty quiet. There is the McAlvey. That it's a famous boat that's stuck in the mud there at this one uh, harbor, and it's on an angle. It's where all the well, not where all, but a lot of the sellers that are doing the selling around the world pop into get a little bit of rest from the Drake Passage and the Cape Horn. It's, it's funny because you, you feel like you've been drinking the minute you walk in because it's tilted, right? Yep. <laughs> the floor is on an angle. And <laughs> so that's kind of... That's a cheap, it's a cheap, cheap drop. Yeah, you don't have to drink too much to feel like you're already out. <laughs> that's the good side to it. How would you describe the, the snow in Chile on those mountains and, and the grades? It's almost like anywhere. You have to be there at the right time. There'll be some wind so you can get in 
unbelievable, perfectly windblown snow conditions in some of the areas. And then they'll be able to find some areas where it's just perfect powder. So you can get both combinations in the same day. Windblown is great snow. It's it's like spring snow, but still cold, fresh snow. What 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 is it about windblown that makes it so great? It's a ego snow. You can't do anything wrong in it. It'll make the best turns you ever made in your life. It's, it's like spring skiing when you get on the perfect spring snow. If you can't ski those two conditions, you, you shouldn't. You should hang it up. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't come any easier than that take up needlepoint and it's fun i mean it's really fun skiing i mean it's one of my favorite type of conditions i mean good powder is great but on this stuff if it's really nice wind blowing top to bottom for man it's it's some of the best skiing going i just want to thank you very much for uh, this interview and it's a real pleasure to to have you with us all right Hi there, it's your host, Greg Robbins. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you did, please rate, review, or subscribe to Steep Magazine Adventures wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps us make this show bigger and bolder. Plus, you'll never miss one of our great episodes. And for more stories on world-class adventure travel, head over to Steep Magazine for everything from guided heli-skiing to personalized scuba dives.